0: is recorded worship like you just don't know how to worship then I don't know what else to tell you man the power of God is in this place amen well real quick I want to s- jump on two things Rhonda said earlier the freedom encounter next weekend if you are considering going stop considering and go if you have no idea what it is but you know you need God to move in your life right now sign up before you leave today do not miss it Yes, it's in Covington. Yes, it's a drive. Yes, it's a Saturday. That doesn't matter, because he's worth it. Amen. And then, guys, do not miss the men's retreat. Do not miss the men's retreat. We got Brother Rod Aguilar's coming to speak, and Pastor Gene Amos. We got two guest speakers this time, but you don't want to miss it. Brother Rod is is he's a he's like a faucet. Once you turn him on on honor, it just keeps coming out. So I'm telling you. God's doing something. I believe this mentor retreat is a foundational piece for what God's going to do in this ministry with the men, teaching us to be men of honor. So I want to encourage you. I expect to see all of you there. That might mean PTO. I don't care. Take it off. Get there. Amen. Amen. Now, you're going to hear from um, one, of my, one of my heroes growing up this morning. Um, but before we start, um, before I bring him up, if you want to sow into his life, you want to bless him. You can go online through the app, and you can give. You can go find one of the ushers and put it in. We'll make sure it gets to him. But his name is Pastor Randy. You just put Pastor Randy in the memo because um, I'm a believer in what you sow into, you reap from. Amen. And um, this is one of the people that if I am if I feel like I'm in a little bit of a lull, I call him, and I just say, talk to him. And he just starts talking, and he'll preach to me on the phone. And he don't, I don't, I don't give him any background information. There's just such a fire for Jesus inside of this guy that it burns and it burns up everything he comes in contact with. So would y'all please welcome my good friend, Pastor Randy Gudo. How I
1: mean, I love Jesus this morning. Isn't he good? Y'all love Jesus. Y'all are like wild people. I got to tell you, um, for, uh, for, uh, say a couple of things, um, Pastor Chris was talking this morning. He said something. He said, let there be a defiance in our praise. And that went off in my spirit. And I, I love violent words. I don't know why I've just always liked violent words. And that word defiant is a violent word. And I also love dictionaries. So I pull up stuff, and it says here that that word defiant means a disposition to resist. I mean, a woman sat down in her floor. When she sat down and was banging her head, she made a disposition to resist her emotions, her thoughts, and everything, and to trust in God. Disposition to resist fear. you I mean, sometimes it's a disposition. I'm going to be defiant against the fears that are harassing my mind right now. The terror, the worries, the anxiety. It means uh, a willingness to contend or fight. That's what it means to be defiant. How I many know there's a fight in this world? We fight the fight of faith. It's the fight that we win also. And, uh, and so <laughs> I'm just so grateful for your willingness to obey the Lord. An incredible example. You know, South Louisiana. I'm from South Louisiana. I grew up in Baton Rouge my mama uh you know was from a place called where well, was born in labadieville and grew up in napoleonville and uh sugar cane fields and didn't learn english till she started school my papa grew up in point coupé uh you know and that's where he's learned only spoke french till he started school my mama came to christ i was born in 19th and uh, so <laughs> my mama um her there's her aunt spirit-filled aunt said you need to come and uh, and hear uh, my pastor so she goes me and my twin sister three months old and she takes us and we're sitting under some pew at Bethany and brother Roy Stockstill's preaching and my mama comes to the Lord and a few years later uh, brother Jim Clark's getting ready to start a church in New Roads and my mama goes there and you know sat up under him and then my dad finally came to Christ he was a backslidden Catholic and uh, you know grew up uh, wanted to be a priest growing up and then hit puberty and said no I'm very glad that he hit puberty I'm glad that he said no I wouldn't be standing here right now so then he comes to Christ and my dad kind of got mentored by a, a lady who's old enough to be his grandmother at the time, and she was a spirit-filled Catholic. So uh, there, the, the move of God and charismatic movement swept South Louisiana. It hit the Catholic Church too. So she'd go to mass on Sunday morning, but she's at every Holy Ghost meeting, this meeting over here, and speaking in tongues, and figure that out. Anyway, it was just a wild, wild time. And so, but there's something in, in there's something in the water in South Louisiana. It's just very different in South Louisiana. You can't describe it. There's a culture here. And so, um, you know, we moved around a lot. But anytime I come into South Louisiana, there's just something here because there's a heritage here. You know, like Brother Rod Aguilar, right? Brother Jim Clark, Pastor Carl Catalanada, and him and his precious wife Dawn. We're here right now because a couple said yes to the Lord. And and I have to say this, too, you know, that, you know, when you're Pastor Chris and there's just a well of wisdom right here. Even when he was young, he'd start talking and he's really walks in legitimate humility I feel kind of dumb right now because I'm like wait I'm I'm fixed to speak on the spirit-filled life talk about the baptism the Holy Spirit things of the Holy Spirit ministry of the Holy Spirit it reminds me of like Jack Haynes I don't know if any of you know Jack Haynes Um, he's he's planted like over 30,000 churches in the world Uh, um, Pastor Larry Stocksville said he learned missions and how to do strategy from Jack Haynes and so this guy's just a walking mission-filled evangelism and he brought me to Australia twice They do an evangelism conference, and I'm sitting here talking. I'm like, I'm going to stand up in your church and talk about evangelism. to one of the most evangelistic churches. And so I'm like, I'm fixing to talk on the the ministry of the Spirit, spiritual life. And we had two words that came forth from from, from the Holy Spirit that I know are from God. I'm looking out here, and this is a Spirit-filled church. So I feel like in a very foolish way, I'm about to talk. All right? It's like, you know... Let's go pull some high school coach and have him go talk to the New Orleans Saints and say, I want to talk to y'all about football. I mean, that's what I feel like. So um, I already know that this mess is going to go okay because y'all going to amen because you love the Lord. But but um, here we go. There may be one person here who doesn't understand the things of the Spirit of God. I'm here for you. I'm kidding. You know, let's just. Um, so I've, I've uh, this year will make 30 years I've been married to my beautiful bride. We have four awesome kids. One of them's married now, so I got a I got a son-in-law. It's great. Now that next that next mark in life is being you know, papa. Pa, I'm ready for I'm ready for that. You know, I've I've decided my name. I know who I'm gonna be, and uh, I've you know I've a thousand. All my kids said dad dad first. It's the only word they could talk for a long time because I'd go home and for hours dad 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 dad. So their growth you know was stunted for a little bit, but then they said mama in other words also. But my uh, you know I have four awesome kids and my my son and daughter actually are with me. My son drove down late last night. They're in Shamet right now. So they're just excited. And if there are any men of God here saying you love the Lord, there's a huge vetting process for my oldest daughter. So it means everybody and then Pastor Carl will be the last one before you even get to me and women of God. I got a son. I'm like, he's like, Daddy, I'm telling you, it's hard to find a woman of God today. I mean, it is. And I said, you'll find her in church. You go find her in church. And he's like, Daddy, I'm just this year. And there is a there's a war for this generation. It's a war for this generation. And uh, so anyway, let's uh let's get to let's 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 just get on with it. Y'all ready? The spirit filled life. And I have a few notes here so that I could so I don't get too distracted. See how easy it is to get distracted. And uh so the spirit filled life, and I just want to say again, pastors. Chris and his precious wife, Caitlin. I mean, it's just such an honor to have been in a relationship with you with all these years. And I I leave here and I just feel like, my goodness, like I'm just a sponge. And I'm just growing and learned so much. And so you guys inspire me. This church right here inspires me. Y'all just worshiped with the soundtrack more passionately than churches, a vast majority of churches all across this nation right now. We believe that God is doing something mighty in this land. I like to say that the shape of Louisiana is designed like a boot because God's going to put it on and walk across <laughs> the United States and walk across the world and we get to be a part of that broken people. We've all been broken by life broken and uh, man, I had no idea the good. I had no idea the depths of pain I'd walk through in my life had no idea the depth of his grace and his goodness and mercy over my life as well. He's just such a good good father as as. One of the words that came forth today. So say the spirit filled life. Now, there you go. That one person pray. I'm a priest. So now the gifts of the spirit, the the, the subject of the baptism of the spirit, the ministry of the spirit is so vast that it is absolutely impossible to cover everything. So I'm just going to really hit some high points because I know that you're in a church that teaches well, that disciples well. So I know I'm also preaching to the choir right in here. So your practice on this message already. All right. Um, I, I do believe this, that when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Spirit, the, the baptism of the Spirit is like the entrance point into everything else that the Holy Spirit has. Life was not meant to walk through sober. It wasn't how I many you know this life is too difficult. It's too complicated. But but what we don't need is the the uh, spirit of the world. This life was meant to be walked through with an enablement. And that is the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen. So um, I'm thinking about what I want to say to you today. I'm telling you, you guys are just there's I could preach for like two hours right now. Um, all right. There are people who get very uncomfortable when you say the word Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost. you get very uncomfortable. We're okay with God the Father, he's a good father. We're okay with Jesus, he's the Son of God, went to the cross, the resurrection, we do understand that. But some people treat the Holy Spirit like he's the weird uncle at a family reunion that no one wants to talk about. People have no problem getting into the Word of God, talking about the Word of God, but they get uncomfortable with things of the Spirit. And you know, the, 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 the Holy Trinity is not God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Bible. But it's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and there's a lot of people that are not very acquainted with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is more than just a feeling. It's more than a goosebump. It's more than just a manifestation. Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. And you go all the way back to Genesis. And that's where we see the ministry of the Spirit. We see the ministry of actually all three in one. It says in the beginning, you know, God created the heavens and the earth, right? And the earth was without form and void and darkness covered the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And then, the, and then the, the the voice of the Lord said, "Let there be." So we have the word of the Lord. You have Jesus executing right there. We have the Father, and He's working, and you have the Holy Spirit that's moving forward. It's just that perfect three in one, right there. Every single gospel, all four gospels, come right out the gate. You know Matthew what uh, three eleven, Mark chapter you know one something, uh, you know Luke chapter three verse sixteen, John chapter one I think verses thirty three. Every one of them talk about how Jesus is going to baptize with fire. He's going to baptize with the Spirit. John the Baptist. John the Baptist, the first person to talk about the Holy Spirit is John the Baptist in in the Bible. And he says, I'll wash your feet, but there's one coming after me who is preferred before me. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So we know we need the ministry of the Spirit, all four Gospels. And I love that it's included also in John, uh, you know, because John was uh, not part of what they call the synoptic Gospels. So you got Matthew, Mark and Luke that are written for in one direction and and just rich When you get to the Gospel of John. It's very different because John was also combating when he wrote it's the latest Gospel written probably in the AD 90s. It's also when the book of Revelation was written. It's also when he wrote first, second, third John. This is John who was about 14 years old when Jesus called him to follow him. 14 to 16 years old is what church history church tradition says when Jesus said follow me and I'll make you is in the boat with his brother James, right? And so John when the Gospel of John's being written, they had early Gnosticism and Docetism, which was saying that Jesus was not divine. He's not divine uh, and God can't die. So this teaching came out this heresy that said that when that that Jesus that he was just a regular man, but at a point in his life. Then the uh, divinity came on him, but on the cross it left him so that he could die. So John comes out in his Gospel and he says. And it looks like John, it looks like Genesis chapter one. He says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him was nothing made that was made. And you go read John chapter one. You go to Genesis chapter one. And what do you see? You know, God said. God spoke. God made. God created. God set. Right? You see all these things about God. Just look at all the attributes of what he's doing. Then you go to John chapter one. And you start seeing all these titles. He's rabbi. Son of the Most High God, Jesus the Christ, right? And it's just powerful when you start doing this. So even John in 133 is talking about how he is going to be the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. Then you get to the end parts of the Gospels. Every single one of them in Matthew chapter 28. When Jesus says, you know, go in all the world and you know and preach the gospel, right? Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Mark chapter 16. When he says go, two thirds of the name God spells go. Three fifths of the name Satan spells sat. The vast majority of the church sits, very few go. And so he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. These signs will follow those who believe. He gives this whole list of signs. And then it says, Jesus is gone, he's ascended. And it says, and so they went out everywhere and they preached the word, and God was with them, confirming his word with the accompanying signs. Today we preach signs and wonders. And manufacture stuff. They didn't preach signs and wonders. They preached Jesus. They preached the gospel. They preached the good news. And you know what? God shows up when you preach the gospel. Well, I know God was showing up this morning. is because y'all preached the gospel right here. That's when you see the ministry and the manifestation of the spirit of God in a healthy way. is because you know the gospel is being. We never stop proclaiming the gospel. It's always good news. It's always the gospel of Jesus that sets us free. That liberates us. Then you get into Luke. And he's saying the same thing. Terry in the city of Jerusalem. till you're endued with power from on high. You're clothed clothed with power from on high. See, there's so many, there's so much about the Holy Spirit that is impossible in human language to try to convey what Jesus is saying. Like what God is trying to communicate. How do you even describe God? You can't describe God. You, you just can't. We got different names. He's El Shaddai. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Shalom. How does something that is beyond our ability to understand, how do you name him and identify him? Who, who will I say send me? I am that I am sent me. We got all kinds of cool things, but really try to think about that. He's incomprehensible. He doesn't even dwell in time. Tom dwells in God. A day with God is as a thousand years. But also, it says in the same passage, a thousand years is as a day. He can bend time, manipulate time. It doesn't matter. He can walk on water. He can create it where you can't. Well, I mean, that's just who he is. He's over all things natural. He's over everything. We talk about supernatural. He's far beyond supernatural. He's got angels that he created. He put eyes all around their head that they keep closed. He gave them six wings. With two, they cover their face. Two, they they cover their feet, and with two, they fly. And their whole purpose of being born is to, or being created, is to cry, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And we're going to stand before him one day. Oh, my goodness. What a day. None of this was planned, so I'm sorry. But let me just keep going, okay. So Jesus, there's just no one, no one like him. He's amazing. And I'm going to tell you right now that Metairie and Kenner and New Orleans is craving for an experience with God. Needs an encounter with God. Needs an encounter with spirit-spilled people. See, the purpose of the spirit-filled life is so that you can be spirit-spilled. And so you cannot be spirit-spilled if you've never been spirit-filled. And there's a lot of people saying more and more and more that you don't even use what you got. Why do you need more? And I may have said this before because I say it, I get worked up. You know, Lord, give me more anointing. You don't need more anointing. Why, why do we so complicate things and create things that are unbiblical? Just, just pray for more and an increase. Uh, more of an anointing to go do what you're not going to do it before. Jesus said, if you just had uh, faith the size of a mustard seed. What are we saying is, what do you think you need this? You, you, all you need is that. Just go do it. Just go do. Obedience is a huge thing. It's actually one of my points. I don't need to get ahead of myself, but I'm going to try right now because I want to. And the wedding of Canaan, uh, Cana, you know, right? Jesus shows up. It was not his time, and they ran out of wine. And they usually served the good wine first, and this was fermented wine probably. And they said, you know, and so they had nothing. And so Mary, the mother of Jesus, comes up and says, Lord, they, they ran out of wine. He says, what do you have to do with me? What? <laughs> It's not my time, but that was his mama. She just looks and said, whatever he says, do it. So now he has to do it because mama said so. So these, these, these servants, they had to obey him twice. Not once, but twice. First, they had to obey him because he said, whatever he said, he says, you do, do. So they had to go fill up the water pots with water. That wasn't the difficult part. The difficult part was when it was time to serve the master of the feast. Imagine you're that servant and look, I'm telling you, in these times of antiquity, and this man is put on this feast, probably very uh, wealthy, and you're going to go bring him water. They know it's water. They have to dip in their "Hmm." So that act of obedience, Jesus gave the command, but had they not obeyed, then that master of the feast never would have drank it. Someone had to obey. Two forms of obedience. Fill it up, and then you got to go serve it to him. And they knew when they're handed to him, this is just water. So, was it in the water pot? Was it when it was in the cup? Was it whenever they handed it to him? We don't know when it happened, but it happened. Obedience is one of the most important things that you want you to remember when it comes to the ministry of the Holy Spirit, too. So, we get to that point. I've already said the point. All right, let's start talking. All right, here's my readers because I'm, you know, old. Old. I want to jump on this, too. Also, I want to say this as well, uh, and I'm going to do this very quickly because The enemy comes immediately. Not to take your experience, he didn't care about your experience. The enemy's been around for a long time. He's coming for the word. He comes for the word not an experience. He comes for the word and he wants to take it. And so people who don't get rooted. People are just their 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 life is so filled with the cares of life and everything about it. People that have no depth. Then you're easy prey. Roots are going, but he's still he's coming for the word. That's what he's coming for. Any truth from the word of God, the enemy wants to steal it from you. What well, am I really saved? Oh, am I really filled with the spirit? You could pray in tongues and go, well, did I really pray in tongues? Even though you just prayed in tongues. And he comes immediately. So there are things that you may encounter from people in the region, in the area, in your family that say a number of things like, well, that's of the devil. Who's ever heard that the Holy Ghost and the spirit of God in tongues? That's of the devil. Luke chapter four, verse one, it says "And Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit was led by the spirit into the wilderness. So if being filled with the spirit is of the devil, then why was Jesus filled with the spirit? It's number one. Some say it's not for everybody. But when you look in Acts chapter 2, and Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, you like look on down. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they're all sitting in one place. And there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them cloven tongues of fire. It sat upon each of them. It, even then it says it was like tongues of fire. It was like fire. It's very difficult to describe the attributes of God of and It says this, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. If it was not <clears throat> meant for all, then why didn't it say, and some of them were filled and some were not? The men were filled, but not the women. The women were filled, but not the men. They all spoke in tongues, and so, and there's, and as you begin to track through the word of God, and, you, and then they say, well, you know, what's well, passed away. Who's ever heard of what's well, passed away? It was for a specific time and era, and then it passed away. I want to say this because. We are a um, um, clickbait Christianity era right now. And some of you may open up TikTok or Snapchat or Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is or YouTube shorts. And in one minute, here's some person come on and, and it can pull you in and you believe they're teaching. You start following things that aren't accurate and you start getting your theology from TikTok rather than getting formed in the house of God. And it's a dangerous thing because I've known people who have got caught up in teachings. And even my own self in my late uh, mid-20s, I came very close to getting caught up in something. And let me tell you, offense will open up a door for you to grab a hold of a teaching that will just, it can rob decades of your life, if not your whole life. I'm not talking about your salvation. I'm just talking about it can, it can just, it can confuse you and it can throw you off and you can give yourself something just from a real quick time. Everywhere you start. So they say, well, it's not for, um, it's passed away. And all I just want to say is that I don't have time to get into that. Like I said, it's very exhaustive subject. It's bull. All right, let's just go on. Okay.
0: <clears throat>
1: the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the subject of the Holy Spirit is one of the most misused and abused in the church today. And, and has been for a long time. And, uh, and so I'm going to give you a few things right quick. And and uh, I want to talk about activating, activating the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life so you can live a spirit-filled life. And of course, this has to do with the baptism of the spirit. But the first thing I want to say is gateway. And I think I got a note there. I think I might not. But gateway, say gateway. Oh, look at that. My notes are extremely simplistic. Thank you. That's, that's, that's what you're getting from me. Pastor Chris, listen, I believe in authority. Believe in authority. And so he's in the series. Hey, we're in the series, you know, and, and are you comfortable with this? And I'm like, I'm comfortable because you're the pastor. I don't have to ask. I don't have to question a lot of the success that I had, success is simply because I just said, yes, sir. Doesn't matter, I'm gonna jump up under the house and flow with that, amen? And so, but this is my notes, it's extremely simple. When I look at the, I'm saying gateway because the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the gateway. Who's ever heard of a gateway drug? Who knows what that is? It's that first thing and, 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 and it opens up a door for a whole lot of other things. It's that gateway, they actually have a gateway, there's different types of gateway drugs. That open you up to a number of things. They're of the most concern. They're the biggest concerns because it opens up a door, Pandora's box on somebody. Well, and this right here, this gateway is the most concerning from the kingdom of darkness. Is the baptism of the Spirit because the Spirit-filled life opens you up to everything that God has for you. And so when we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it opens up a door for everything from the gifts of the Spirit, but also to the fruit of the Spirit to everything. And there are a number of things. They used to say, I love this that I heard Brother David Ravenhill said that that the gifts of the spirit of the fruit of the spirit are like you got two wings on the same dove. You got nine gifts and you got nine fruit. And if you want to fly properly, we need all of them. And the gifts of the spirit can be imparted through the laying on of hands, but not the fruit of the spirit. We can lay hands and you can impart different gifts of the spirit, but you cannot lay your hands on somebody. I impart to you the the, uh, peace. I impart to you love. And it might work until you get on the interstate and you have to start driving. And road rage comes in. I call it righteous road rage for me. I feel it's righteous road rage, but it's I'm, I'm, it's wrong. You can't. You impart. It's the character, the fruit of the Spirit is the character of Christ being formed in you through the Holy Spirit. Right? Holy Spirit's the one who leads you and he guides you into all truth. But it's the gateway drug. So when are close to the Holy Spirit, when you're close to the Baptism of the Spirit, you're close to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Then you are literally like cutting off the source of your life of what everything's going to come through you. Now, we can get in the tongs, and we might talk about that a little bit, and uh, and let's have fun. Here we go. All right. So, it's the access point. Say access point. So that's it. You, you, you believe this. Let's keep going. Uh, the Bible also says, listen, you know, in Ephesians 5.18, to be filled with the Spirit. And the little Greek means be being filled with the Spirit. That's a continual process We have to be continually getting filled up. Because we're continually, we should be leaking out. We should be being Spirit spilled. It should be flowing Out of us. All right. The second thing is I want to say is this word proximity. Proximity. Man, the closer you are to Jesus, the closer you are to the source. There is no disunity in the Godhead. It's absolute unity. The enemy wants to do everything he can to obstruct your walk with God. So he tries to sow division in a church. Division amongst leadership. Division, division. That's all he wants to do is sow discord and division. And he works through offense, bitterness, through misunderstandings. That's what he does. And the closer you stay to one another, how many know it gets more and more difficult for the enemy to get in. The closer a husband and wife, even amongst their disagreements, the closer they walk together. How can two walk together unless there be agreement? There's submission, right? There's there's mutual submission. But when it comes to Jesus, proximity is the most important thing when it comes to the Holy Spirit. It's proximity. I want to read this scripture real quick. And it's in John chapter 14. Verses four and five, and I love this, Jesus says, and you know, the way where I'm going, uh, you know, I get that's the wrong scripture. Yep. It's probably my fault. It's probably John 15, four and five is what I meant to say. How many of Jesus says abide in me? I'm abiding you. <clears throat> my fault there. Abide in me. Sometimes I do things on purpose. so that I don't look like I'm too perfect. Sometimes I don't. I'm gonna let you decide which one this was. <clears throat> Proximity. Jesus saying abide in me. The son of God is saying, I want you to come right here, right here. Abide in me and I'm going to abide. I'm going to abide in you. Amen. Yes. Look at uh, Mark chapter three, verses 13 through 15. Mark chapter three, verses 13 through 15. I guess I should have brought my Bible up here too, huh? (laughs) Let's do this. Oh, I got it. It's I got it. I added that. Mark chapter three, verse 13 through 15. Jesus went up on the mountain to pray. When he came down the mountain, he called those that he wanted to be with him, that he whom he desired. And they came to him. Verse 14. This is my favorite leadership lesson right here from from Jesus. And he appointed twelve whom he also named apostles so that they might be with him. And he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. He appointed twelve. Number one, that they might be with him. Jesus wants you to come be with him. And I'm going to tell you this, that, that the, the closer you get to Jesus, the more you are in proximity to the ministry of the Holy Spirit as well. Right? And so the, uh, the Holy Spirit only speaks what comes from Jesus anyway. So the closer you are to Jesus, I'm going to tell you, you're just in this perfect, perfect flow. The next thing right here, and then say activate. Really, if I was name this is activating the, the Holy Spirit in your life. And the next is compassion. Compassion. Compassion moves the heart of Jesus. We see this in, in Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38. Jesus had this fantastic ministry. He's going around all the cities and the villages. He's teaching their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He's healing every kind of sickness and disease. It's so powerful. He had a great ministry. But the Bible says when he saw the multitudes, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. And he turns to his disciples and he began to give them sort the sword pray the Lord of the harvest that he would thrust out labors into his harvest fields. And you get into Mark chapter 10. There's no chapter and verse in the Bible. I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 10. And he commissions them and he sends them out to heal, set free and deliver. This is the, how many this is the ministry of the Holy Spirit right here. And compassion is just, it's, it opens up a door too for you to begin to flow in a place of ministry. I'm saying all this because the baptism of the Holy Spirit is more than speaking in tongues. <clears throat> the ministry of the Holy Spirit is about a whole lot more than that. It opens up a door for so much more and uh, and so if it was just it's like getting baptized, if the whole purpose of, of of the Christian life is just to go to heaven and there's nothing on this earth for you to do, and it's all about the sweet by and by and not the nasty now and now, then what we do is when you baptize people, we should just hold them in the water just a little bit longer. Just it's all right. Stop. Stop fighting. Just stop. Ah, he's calling me. There you go. Now go be with Jesus. If you don't need the Holy Spirit, you don't want the Holy Spirit. You don't want to walk in the, in the gifts of the Spirit. You don't want to find out what they are and cultivate them in your life. But if you want to know what the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is for you and you're ready to be used by God, then um, let that well of compassion come up inside of you. The next thing is ask, A-S-K. This means ask, seek, and knock. Jesus said in Luke chapter 11, verses 9 through 13. I love this right here. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. James says you have not because you ask not. There's a number of people who, let me just read all this and I'll talk about. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks, say, now who? Wait, who? Why would you be the only person? So, So God meant everybody but you. So God's a liar or we're a liar. Everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, it will be open. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish, give him a serpent or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? We, the heavenly father, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him, ask, seek and knock. I remember the story about this man, he'd heard about the Holy Spirit. He read through the word of God and he's like, I I believe this to be true now. And he heard that there's this old preacher that would just had this ability to get everyone or anyone filled with the Holy Spirit. They get filled with the Holy Spirit, like that in a thousand. Every person without fail. So he goes to this preacher and said, Preacher, I I want the Holy Spirit. I believe it's real. And I I just want to know, can you, can you help me? He said, I'm gonna tell you, yes. And I'm gonna have to tell you this, that there's a place in the woods, so that I take people, every single person I've taken to this spot gets filled with the Holy Spirit without fail. It has nothing to do with me, but there's a secret spot. If you really want to be filled with the spirit, then you can come out with me to the spot. And he's like, man, I'm ready. I want it. let's go. They started walking in the woods. And they're walking. <clears throat> and he says, are we, are we, are we, are we getting close? He said, "Oh yeah, we're getting close." And the whole time they're walking, the, the pastor is just quoting scriptures and sharing scriptures on the ministry of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And they kept walking, and it's it's like they've been walking like for 15, 20 minutes. How I many know it's a long walk in the woods? So he's like, um, "Are we, are preacher? Are we getting close?" He goes, ah, "I feel like we're getting closer. It's a out, <laughs> a little bit more walking. Just up here probably." They walk another 15 to 20 minutes, and he's like, now he's getting agitated. He goes. You can tell me how far this is. I need to know. I mean, I'm, I'm listen, how far is this place? Because I think it's, I think we're getting closer now for sure. They walk another 15 minutes and the man just hollered and said, stop. Because he'd been quoting. He goes, I am not taking another step until you get me filled with the Holy Spirit right now. I am not walking another step. And the old preacher turns and goes, I'll be darned. That's the spot. That's the spot right there. Say, so ask, seek and knock <clears throat> the next thing is right here i've talked about obedience power to go i love this right here just, i feel the south louisiana when you're in north louisiana you're out You're in yankee land <clears throat> and uh it hurts so number six is power to go um <clears throat> the baptism of the holy spirit is to empower you to go be a witness to the world acts chapter one <clears throat> let's look in acts chapter one actually verses four through can we start verse four do you have verse four did i give that to everybody Okay, <clears throat> the Bible says in Acts chapter 1, verses 4, and I'm going to get ready to close. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Acts chapter 1. Oh, it's there. Look at that. Okay. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Now, the author of the book of Acts is the author of Luke, right? This is a two-volume work that, that floats to the early church. Uh, actually, Luke and Acts, that was written by, by Luke, the physician who traveled with the Apostle Paul, is the largest body of work in the New Testament. Luke and Acts, by composition, by volume, it's more. Paul, of course, wrote two-thirds of the, of the epistles, but this is the heaviest and largest body of work right here. Luke and Acts. <clears throat> and while staying with them, this talk about Jesus, he ordered them. Say ordered. So they had to obey. Ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. Verse 5. <clears throat> wait for the promise of the Father, which you heard from me. Oh, I should have told you that too, huh? I'm just going to keep going. This is all on me. all the way through verse 8. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. How many know this is in all Gospels and in the book of Acts? Now, how many know the Lord's trying to tell us something? He says this. So when they had come together, verse 6, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Lord, when's the rapture going to happen? When's the return of Christ? When are you going to return? When's all this going to be ready to roll? Verse 7, I can sum it up. Verse 7's, None of your business. Don't ask stupid questions. He said to them, it is not your business. It's not for you to know. Times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But, he goes right back to what he said in verse 4, basically. But you will receive power. Say power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You can look this up later. Study it for yourself. I love Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And I really love Acts chapter 8 verse 1. When you flip it, persecution hits the church and they were scattered to Samaria, right? To Judea and Samaria from Jerusalem. And the gospel was just unleashed all over the place. You are empowered by the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, it helps you to live the sanctified life. It releases the grace gifts of the Holy Spirit over your life. It helps you to walk in the fruit of the Spirit and the character of Christ. It opens up the door for the supernatural in your life. It opens up the door for you to be empowered. And you look at the Apostle Peter, who was a coward. He gets filled with the Holy Spirit, and now he's standing before a a company of people. It's not about eloquence. It's not about oratorical ability. But there's something that happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Jesus says, I'm not going to leave you orphans, but I'm going to come to you. And I'm, my father's going to send the Holy Spirit to you. And he's going to be upon you. He's going to be within you. So we want to be immersed and baptized in the Holy Spirit. Who's ever saw an Orthodox water baptism? Go look it up on YouTube. It's really funny. And they take this baby. You saw, oh, yeah, that's exactly right. I was christened in the Catholic Church, so they sprinkle you. But in the, in the Eastern Orthodox Church, they take that baby. And they, like for some reason, every baby cries a lot when it happens. I don't know why, but boom 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 and the Holy Spirit he just doesn't want to come and just we say things like the Holy Spirit's a gentleman listen the Holy Spirit is the is is God he came in like a Russian mighty wind he gets to choose how he comes and when he comes and how it's gonna happen in your life and I just want to encourage you and challenge you know this that 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 the Holy Spirit again it's more than just speaking in tongues it's the gateway to the supernatural life amen And the last thing I was gonna talk about is qualification. I'm I'm just, I'm going so fast through a lot. And I just had this right here because there are some people who don't believe they're worthy. They don't believe that they deserve it. And I'm gonna tell you this right here is that if there's anyone who could feel that unworthiness, I could myself too. We all feel that way at different points. And that's the power of this thing right here. Because of this right here, he has already qualified us. Because of this right here, disqualify you but now you are worthy because of this right here you can be redeemed you know I love about the tabernacle and this has been for decades I've heard so many stories of restoration healing and some of the powerhouses in this church if you were to know their stories it probably shock you that's so encouraging to me amen so the Holy Spirit wants to use you and he wants to again to flow through you on the day of Pentecost and then in Acts chapter eight, and then you see in Acts chapter ten in Cornelius' house to the Gentiles, and then in Ephesus in Acts chapter nineteen, the Holy Spirit came down. They, there was a manifestation of the Spirit of God, tongues, even prophecy. Number of things were happening. And but I want to ask this quick question, right? Just I'm out of curiosity, who here you've been filled with the Holy Spirit already? See, I know that. See, I know I know that. Y'all are awesome. Let me go back to this right quick with proximity. I'm telling you. Proximity to Jesus is powerful. And proximity to one another is powerful. And if you're at a place in your life where you know, I'm just, I want to be filled with the Spirit, struggling, find someone here in this house that's filled with the Holy Spirit and get close to them. They will walk you through it. Proximity is one of the most powerful things you can have in your life. It's like we say, if, if you're feeling distant from Jesus, this who moved? Go back to where you were. It's probably not on God's end, it's on our end. Amen? Look, I want you to bow your head and close your eyes if you would. God loves you so much. There is something I, powerful on this house. One mic I can't say it enough.